This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I'm pumped to have you with us here today. As you probably know, my husband Grant and I are in the middle of launching a new coaching program called Kingdom Purpose Coaching. And ultimately, we are going to be spending the next several years of our life helping launch people into their purpose on a deeper level. And so today, I wanted to talk a little bit about your calling and three things that you need to know about your calling. Before we dive into that, let me just give a quick plug for our new coaching program. You can find information at kingdompurpose.coach online and uh, you'll find all the information about the sign up, how much it costs, all that kind of stuff. And if you're not ready to pay the price yet, I totally get it. I understand. We are also rolling out free content on our new YouTube channel and also um, on TikTok. And then there's going to be a Kingdom Purpose Coaching podcast coming out as well. We are, my personal goal is to see 100 people move forward in their calling in 2023 um, by coming around us and letting us help launch you into uh, what it is that you've been dreaming about, thinking about, feeling like you know deep down inside there's something in there and uh, and, and really going for it. One of my ultimate favorite testimonies of um, this part of our life, which, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We just haven't been doing it in a formalized way, but we love discipling people. And one of my favorite, favorite people in the world is a young man who came into our life when he was 19 years old. Uh, he started dating somebody that we knew and we got to know him a little bit and man, this kid had so much potential. Talk about zeal for the house of the Lord consuming him. I mean, he was so passionate for the Lord and so excited for, um, just to, to change the world for God, just huge, huge dreams. And I remember as we were discipling him, you know, my husband got a word from the Lord that he needed to help, um, that he needed to get a job. And this kid, he was like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to, I'm going to do ministry. You know, I'm just going to be out there sharing the gospel, which is awesome. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and we should do that in different seasons of our life for sure, even as a job. Um, but he was like, my husband goes, I just, I really feel like you're supposed to do this job. He said, come work for me. I've got this opening in one of my businesses. Come work for me. Let's, let's walk together through this journey. And let me just tell you, this was a hard transition for this kid, um, to, to work for, uh, not just to work cause he's great work ethic, but to work for Grant. Grant has really high standards and he's extremely excellent at what he does. And it was interesting, right? And so this uh, young guy, he eventually came onto our, our staff at our church and was, you know, just amazing, such an, an amazing person. Fast forward several years. He worked for us for a couple of years. He was working on staff uh, on our team as well, leading evangelistic things, seeing people healed all the time, like is incredible. And he, he hears the Lord tell him you need to move um, to a different state to do this ministry school with a, part, with a really, really nationally, actually internationally huge ministry. Let me just tell you, fast forward the story. Um, he goes there and he has a tremendous favor and he's now um, serving in one of the highest places in this ministry and he's killing it. They, they saw 80 something million people come to the Lord in 2022. 
That's just one year. Some of the things that God's been speaking to him about have resulted in millions of people coming to the Lord. It is like the coolest, just a most amazing thing. And what I think is fascinating is listening to him talk about his story. He said, you know, the game changer moment of my life was coming to work for you guys. And I'm not saying for us in particular, but to work and to learn how to, to steward my business as God would want me to. And he said, I can see now how the Lord grew me through that so that I could step into this mighty harvest season that he's in. And I mean, geez, you guys, now part of this is his calling, right? Part of the reason why this has happened is because it is the assignment of God. I believe from birth on this kid's life, he's not a kid anymore, but he's still pretty young. And, uh, and so that is a factor that has to be evaluated. But the other part is his willingness to do the hard stuff, to do the mundane things, to do the things that nobody wants to do without losing sight of the passion and the vision ultimately for his life. And I believe his faithfulness in that hidden time is one of the reasons why God stepped him forward and then stepped him forward again. And of course, he's been stewarding uh, you know, his own life very well. And so that leads to it as well. So when we talk about calling, I get so excited because I know that there is limitless potential on every single person that I meet. And one of the things that causes us to not fulfill our purpose is often in our own minds. We are our own biggest enemy. We are our own um, our own stumbling block. I've experienced this in my own personal life. I've watched this in countless number of other people where we second guess ourselves and we second guess that God could ever have a calling for little old me. And so we don't even try. And I want to tell you today, if you hear nothing else, hear me say that you are called by God to rock this world. Will you have a global ministry? Probably not, but you will have a global impact on the people around you. Look, even just raising, I don't even want to say even just because raising children is one of the most significant things you can do on the earth. If you can raise your children to love Jesus and to be emotionally and spiritually and physically healthy people, you guys, you are winning at life. Your children will be set apart like crazy because most people are not stewarding them as the future leaders of this world. For my kids, that's how I'm looking at them. I'm like, look, my biggest contribution to this world is going to be you four, you know, and uh, a lot of sacrifices that I've made to raise them up and not one of them feels like a sacrifice to me because I'm like, these four people are going to make it to adulthood, healthy, whole, loving Jesus. And it's going to be friggin' amazing. <laughs> Every single drop and ounce of effort is going to be worth it. So let's talk about your calling a little bit right now. I don't know what your calling is, but I know you have one. You have one. And it might feel insignificant to you when you compare it against maybe the person I told the story about a minute ago, but it's not because all like your measuring rod is about you and what God destined for you. It's not about anybody else. God is not saying, well, you know, you could have been like so-and-so, but instead, you know, you, you slept in, you liked sleeping in too much. So it wasn't going to happen. I mean, no, that's not the way the Lord works. He's not comparing you to anybody, but his design of you. So let that sink in a little bit. That should be both freeing and also maybe a little bit daunting, right? So you've heard me say this before, but I love this quote. Jennifer Allwood says this quote, that when we get to heaven, we're going to stand before Jesus and we're hopefully going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not going to say great idea that set in your mind for 10 years that you never did. He's not going to say good thinking about, you know, this or that. He's going to say, you did this. 
So that leads us to point number one, three things you need to know about your calling. Number one, your calling is motion activated. It's motion activated. This is huge for us to understand because a lot of us think we look at stories where, you know, God calls David out of the shepherd's field and all of a sudden he's anointed king of Israel, right? And we think that means that David was just sitting on his bum watching, you know, binging Netflix. And then somebody came to his door, the prophet of the prophet of God comes to his door. It's like, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you're six episodes deep into whatever is the newest show on Netflix. And Cindy Jacobs or, or Graham Cook walks up to your door randomly without announcement, rings your doorbell and says, behold, you're going to be the next great blah, blah, blah. It does not work that way. It doesn't. It never has. And any of our illusions that it has worked that way is because we're not understanding the context of the scripture. David was out there fulfilling his calling as a shepherd. He was actually doing it really, really well. Your calling is motion activated. You need to be in motion towards something for your calling to get awakened. It might not be, you know, your motion activation might not be something that you're ultimately called to. Heck, you could be working at Chick-fil-A and then discover that you're supposed to be like a physician, you know, that, that your calling is to be a physician. But in the action of going to work and moving forward in your life, God begins to speak. So this is huge, guys. Do not make the mistake that you're going to just like sit down and, you know, one day happen upon some sort of significant thing. Take it from somebody who has built some things over my life. Building takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And God does not entrust the top to people who are not willing to build. He just doesn't. It's not the way that he works. Faithful in the little is the way that we become rulers over much. Faithful in the little does not mean ignoring the little or delegating the little. It means doing it and doing it well. So number one, your calling is motion activated. Number two, your calling cannot be contained. Okay. This one is, I, I'm still struggling to find the right language to communicate this, but I feel this so, so strongly. So hopefully I can make this make sense. Your calling cannot be contained. It is not going to be a snapshot for a post on Instagram. It's not a singular moment. Your calling is better understood as like liquid moving in the ocean, right? It, it cannot be quantified. And the second that you try to stop and freeze it, something is not right, right? It, it, your calling is more than just a single thing you're going to do. It is a process of your life. It is from A to Z. It's from today until you're standing before Jesus. And so there will be assignments that God gives you to accomplish certain things. I, I think about like William Wilberforce, who's one of my favorite uh, historical figures, who was a huge advocate and a huge reason why the slave trade was abolished in uh, in England and in, in Great Britain, which eventually led it to be abolished in the rest of the world. This man presented this bill to, to the parliament year after year after year with it being shut down every single year until finally, finally, he had some traction on that. That assignment on his life to be the, the spear, the tip of the spear, because he wasn't the only abolitionist, but the tip of the spear who God had positioned to be in the house of Lords, like all the things that come together for that and his assignment. But was that his ultimate calling? It's a part of his calling, but it's not the only thing that he's going to do. So when we try to quantify our calling as I did this, now I'm done, we're missing it. We're missing it. Your calling is best looked at in motion. It cannot be contained. So number one, your calling is motion activated. 
You got to be moving guys, move towards something, be reading, be trying, be interning, be attempting, be trying to build something. Even if you shift and pivot and build something else, when, when the law, like, what is this? Um, the law of motion, right? Is it Isaac Newton? I think it's him. I've talked about this before. The law of motion says that an object at rest stays at rest, but an object in motion stays in motion. So I do believe that when we are moving towards trying to pursue our calling, it is a lot easier for God to correct us and get us positioned in the right place than when we're waiting for a big grand entrance moment that may never come because we never got going. So motion activated. Number two, it cannot be contained or quantified in a singular moment. I I should have said this a moment ago, but you know, when we think about, when we look at our life on Instagram, I love Instagram. It's one of my favorite apps. Um, and when I go through my post and I look back on like the pictures and stuff that I've posted, I'm like, oh man, that was a great moment in time. Right. And, and it is, it's a snapshot. It's a cutout of this singular moment. And it's fun to do that when we think about like moments with our friends or family, but it is not okay to do that when you think about your calling. Because when we do that, we start to wonder if we even have a calling. We start to feel like we're never going to fulfill our calling. We start to feel like we did fulfill it back then and we don't have any more. God is constantly moving you towards something, constantly, constantly moving you towards something. So if you contain your calling in something in the past, I think you're going to be pretty depressed. I know uh, quite a few people who are in their latter seasons of life. And one of the things that's so difficult for them to come to grasp with is what do you do when you're retired? When you're retired, like you've done the thing that you set out to do or you tried And then now you have all of this time to pursue and it feels kind of like not, you know, there's, there's often a lack of purpose, a a lack of a sense of purpose is a better way to say it that I hear from people in that stage of life. It's interesting. My, my grandpa passed away last summer. He was uh, 93 years old. And, um, for the last 10 years of his life, he was ready to go like every holiday, every visit. He's like, well, this is, (laughs) this could be it. You know, I might not see you again. And he was ready to go. He lived his life for Jesus. He was an incredible man. He had unbelievable fruit coming out of his life, all of his life. And the last 10 years, he really struggled with like, what's my purpose now? And it caused me to think about that a lot. And you know what I came to realize? Your prayers on the earth are so significant and they hit differently than when you pray in heaven and your presence in people's lives, even if it's just your family, like for my grandpa, he was in a home for the last couple of years, you know, even if it's just your family's life, like it matters, the investment that you make into people, you know, the presence that you bring into their life. So no matter where you are in your chronology, like how old you are, what season of life you're in, you have something that you're working towards and something you're investing in. Your calling cannot be contained. And last but certainly not least, number three, your calling is subject to your faithfulness. It is. Your calling is directly going to be affected by your faithfulness. So does that mean that you're not called if you're not being faithful? No, no, no. It means you are called. But remember what I said a minute ago, you're being evaluated by God based on his design for you, not based on anybody else or how you're measuring up to the people around you, but based on his design for you. Why? Because when God sets out a plan, he provides for that plan. He invests things into your personality, into your genetic makeup, into you know the, the area that you're living in, all of that. All of it is intentional by God to help you fulfill the things that are on your life. How do you know that? 
through listening to him through listening to him. You know, in fact, for me, like we loved living in Texas. I didn't grow up in Texas. I grew up in Missouri, moved to Texas for college. And I was like, I could live here forever. God bless Texas. I feel more like a Texan than I do anything else. My husband was born and raised in Texas. He is a good old Texas boy in, in a lot of ways. Um, he's a Dallas boy, but he's got some country, you know, heart in him. And so when we moved to Oklahoma, it was hard. It was sad. We loved living in Texas, but we knew that God was saying that we needed to be positioned in Oklahoma for what he wanted to do in our life. So our faithfulness matters. Are we asking the Lord, where do you want me to live? Are we hearing God on things like, is this job the right job for me? You know, are these people around me the right people for me to be around? Because our faithfulness and being obedient to the Lord is going to directly impact our ability to fulfill our calling. It's going to, it just is. They're two sides of the same coin. Jesus himself says being faithful in the little become makes you ruler over much. What's interesting to me, I paraphrase that by the way, for all of you that are like, you know, want to memorize it specifically, don't memorize that version. But um, it's interesting to me that in the parable of the 10 talents, Jesus tells this story, right? And, and he's like, there were these three guys and they had a master and the master went on a big, long trip and he gave each of them talents. Like, think about it like money. So he gives one guy one, he gives another guy two, and he gives another guy five. And uh, so then he goes on this big trip and he wants them to invest what he has invested into them. He wants them to do something with the investment that the master had put into them. And we know how the story goes. We know the guy with the one freaks out. He's like afraid of doing it wrong. He's afraid of losing it. He's afraid of disappointing the master. So he buries his and he gets in a lot of trouble and he loses his. And the two that did do something with it ended up doubling theirs. And then the guy who lost his, you know, the the person with the five talents ends up getting his as well. Here's the moral of the story. There's a couple of morals here, but here's one of the takeaways. The guy who didn't do anything with it was a disappointment because he didn't even try. I am convinced that even if they had lost some of the money, they still would have been rewarded because they tried. This is pretty crazy for us when we think about so many of us don't want to do it wrong. We're so afraid of getting it wrong, of disappointing God, that we don't even make any steps forward. But the problem with that is until we start making steps forward, our calling can't be activated. It's in the trusting that God is with us and God's going to come through that everything starts to roll in motion. I remember when we were called to plant our church that we planted 10 years ago now, pretty much. And uh, I, I knew that we had been called. I started having prophetic dreams. We had all these prophetic words. We had people we had never spoken to coming up and saying, I see you moving to a different city. I see you, you know, it was crazy. Like, like there was no denying that God had called us to do it. And then we had a choice to make. Are we going to actually move and respond to that calling? Are we going to actually move and respond to the calling? Or are we going to wait and hope that somebody kind of helps us make it happen for us? Well, what we did was we went ahead and moved. And you know what we discovered? The motion activated the craziest stuff. It was like we started seeing truly signs and wonders happening constantly, constantly, to the point where it was like we would be in different places and God would speak to my husband and I the exact same thing. We have notes where you can like compare it to see almost verbatim things God had spoken to us in two different places at the, on the same day. Um, times where, you know, my one, one story, my husband was praying for a neighbor of ours and he was like, Lord, I, I'd love to have an opportunity to share 
about your love with this neighbor. And he literally walks into the restaurant that he's going in after praying this five minutes before. And there's the neighbor sitting right there. Now, some of you could be like, this is all a big coincidence. I don't think it is because the crazy thing is that the fruit just like divides it, right? The fruit shows us whether or not we're hearing from the Lord. So your calling is going to be subject to your faithfulness. So here's my challenge for you. Here's my, my, my encouragement for you. Are you taking steps towards your calling? Now, here's what we know, right? It cannot be contained and it's going to morph over time. It's a bonus one for you. So it's, it's not always going to be the one assignment. So when we hold our calling a little bit loosely, but we pursue it nonetheless, then in the motion and in the forward movement, we actually begin to see God move in a way that we maybe weren't seeing him move before. And it's a lot easier to follow him when we're already going. So if you're not going yet, my challenge to you is to get going, do something. Maybe, maybe the something that you're doing is to talk to somebody about this calling that you feel like you have, even if you've never said it out loud before, take some steps for it because these three things that you, if you will do them, you will see some forward motion in your life. Gosh, I could talk about this so much. This is part of why we're opening this coaching program because we're both just so excited about really helping people move forward. So I hope this was helpful for you. If you've got questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can email me at rachel at rachelwartman.com. You can find me on social media, um, on TikTok. It's at the Rachel Wartman on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Rachel Wartman and uh, find me, send me a DM and I'd love to connect with you there. And we can talk more about your specific journey because again, my goal this year is to help a hundred people move forward in their purpose and in their calling. Until next time, guys, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.